Have you ever felt like there isn't enough time in the day or like you don't have time to take care of your well-being and build your dream? Or maybe you felt like it's impossible for you to go to work and still build that business that you envision at the same time. Well, so have we. And this is why we decided to make this podcast. This podcast is not just for PTs, OTs, MDs, or RNs. It's for everyone in healthcare. Our mission is to inspire you to make healthcare a better place and to build your business or brand through stories and real life examples of some of the top leaders and entrepreneurs in healthcare. There's no better time than now. Welcome to Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneur Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. What's up? What's up? I have a dream. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be alive. All right. So without further ado, you guys know we love bringing you special guests. This week is no exception. Excited about this. Man, I always love when we get to talk to the PT fam, you know, it's like, it's like being home, you know, so this is going to be another special episode with one of our PT family. Without further ado, I want to go ahead and introduce Mr. Leslie, Dr. Leslie DeValere Jr. Doc, talk to us. How are you feeling? Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. I heard a lot about you brothers. You guys are doing a great job. I'm feeling great. I'm excited to talk to you today. Heard a lot about you guys. Oh, we're excited to talk to you too, man. So let's let's go ahead. Let's get right into it. So we like to be respectful of your time. Without further delay, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. So what was the reason that you chose physical therapy? Why PT? Right. Yeah. Good question, man. Uh, you know, a lot of people tell stories that, you know, they suffered an injury back in the day and they got PT and they had a great experience and they decided to pursue it. I'm complete opposite. I kind of knew that I wanted to do it since 16. And that was just kind of, that drove me, you know, to, to do it. Prior to 16, I was good at basketball. You know, I wanted to play, play ball. But, you know, I already knew that wasn't, that wasn't my end goal dream. And I knew I loved the body. I loved working with people. But I knew I didn't want to be a personal trainer. Right. So I Googled one day, you know, professions, medical professions that deals with anatomy, the body, and you, get, you could build rapport with the people you work with. And what came up was physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech language pathologist, and, you know, physical therapy definitely caught my eye. I did an observation around 16, 17, uh, and I loved it. And ever since then, man, I, I just been on the pursuit. Of, of chasing that goal. Yo, I, I love um, how, how you share that. First of all, that's the first. Usually people come on and they're like, no, I had an injury, I had an epiphany, you know, it came to me in a dream. And, and you're like, nah, that, that wasn't me, bro. I got on Google. And uh, <laughs> here we are. All right, let, let's jump right into it. This one's for our physical therapy listeners. We appreciate y'all. What, what was the decision like choosing to go to where you went to school? 
And then what were the events leading up to it that solidified it for you? So you, you know, you really knew on day one of school, like this was it. Right, right. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, man. Like getting to school was, was tough. It was tough. You hear stories that, you know, people, they, they apply multiple years. You know, thankfully I got in my first year, but it was tough. I applied to nine schools. I applied to two HBCUs. You know, I, I drove down, you know, went to pretty much every open house I could, put a face to the name. And from now, it was the only school that accepted me. And that was pretty much, you know, how I got in. And that was my only pick. But I wouldn't trade it for the world, you know, because, you know, I definitely made a lot of good relationships there. I feel like I've grown professionally so much there. But it was tough. I got in, you know, uh, pretty much last minute, pretty much last minute, the, the very last selection of the last 10 people to get in. But, uh, you know, yeah, I went to pretty much every open house. You know, I definitely worked hard to to get in and, you know, get into school. You know, they, they, they teach you, you know, and make sure you have a high GPA, which, you know, mine was about 3.2. But I knew I had a lot of good experience. Like as far as like my my internships, and I had good reference letters. I work I work with you know top PTs in Atlanta. What they don't have on applications is, is personality, inter, interpersonal skills, right? Which is very important in physical therapy. Uh, you could have very very smart, educated individuals, but they they don't have people skills, right? And a lot of what we do, you gotta have people skills. That's why I went to open houses, and I really caught eyes at Burnout. Know, with my personality so that was kind of my experience and uh i was just i was just driven in in uh undergrad my advisor told me i wouldn't get in pt school because of my 3.2 gpa right so i was like okay let me let me prove you wrong i went to every open house and uh that's what did it for me i love that so glad you said that because i want to kind of chip away at, at at what you just said from the perspective of of like myself being in pt school right now and having the opportunity that i've had to be able to mentor like pre-physical therapy students i feel like it's very easy to get stuck in your head especially when you have someone who is an advisor for those who aren't watching this i just did the air quotes an advisor is supposed to direct you, you know, and supposed to be the one that's in your corner and tells you like, even in the face of what you have going on, this is still possible, but this is what's going to need to be done in order for you to make it in order for you to be successful. Now, for you, your advisor basically said like, hey, you got a three, two, it ain't gonna happen. And a lot of pre-PTs go through the same thing and I feel like they let that discourage them. So right. I, I, I love the fact that you said that for you, you looked at it like, all right, cool. I'm going to prove you wrong. For, for pre-physical therapy students, for pre-PTs that are listening to this podcast episode right now, what would be your advice to them in order to be able to push past the naysayers that are telling them that it's impossible for them to get into school, you know, because they have a low GPA or their GRE isn't good enough or whatever, you know, type of obstacle that these advisors throw at them. What would be your, your advice and wisdom that you would give them now being on the other side? Good question. Uh, first, you know, try to 
you know, get your feet wet and try to actually work with work with PTs and try to, you know, get the best internships that you can. You know, while while you have naysayers, you know, it could be coming from everywhere, like you coming from family, like you said, advisors also. But you know, when you apply to school, you know, they they're just looking at your name, right? They don't necessarily see the person behind the name. But if you go to an open house and you introduce yourself and you show your charisma, you know, you show like your winning attitude, they remember that. And I feel like that that works so well for me. I, I mentor, that's a living testament. Like I want you to know that, you know, I'm I'm a PT standing on the other side and I had a 3.2. My GRE wasn't good, but you know, I made it. And I want you to know that you can too. You know, but so the biggest thing I would say is get your name out there by actually shaking hands and meeting people and you know, actually relating to to, to a PT, right? Like for, for me, I'm a black, black I'm a black male. So I was actually looking for a black male PT, right? So I can I can relate to them and see their experience. And you know, with that relationship, you could get a great reference letter. That's another thing. You want to build relationships with the people that you work with. So you get great reference letters. You know, so you know, all those little things matter that what's off the paper. And uh, you know, a big shift was going on in our profession now with you know, everything going on in America, how we're looking at racism and we're looking at our profession, like how can we do better? How can we include you know, more diversity? And this is actually a good time to, to apply and, uh, you know, and show, your, show how determined you are to, to be a physical therapist, how passionate you are. If, if, that, if that is your dream, you gotta go chase it. And that's what I would say. You know, I appreciate that you did bring up, you know, you were looking for PTs that look like you, right? Because, um, you know, I'd mentioned this on a previous episode, but like, besides you, right, and, and one other person, I now officially only know four black male physical therapists, and two of them are my friends, you know? And, and, and the concept is so crazy, because like, it's something that I never considered I didn't even know to look for because it's just not prevalent where I live, where I've grown up. It's like, you just, I don't think we even have one black male PT in my hospital system. Right. And I think like for, for the PT student, especially you're looking for somebody like you, right. Cause I know you do the, you do mentor minority PTs. And I want to talk about that a little bit. But I just think like it speaks volumes because it's just like something that we don't ever have access to. Part of it could be an education problem. Part of it could be access problem, right? We recently learned that black male PTs make up, what was it? Point, point, like 1%. Yeah. (laughs) Like some tiny, tiny number of physical therapists. And that just speaks to the fact, like we we need more of us in the profession. We need more of us to advocate for the, for, for the profession. Like, I think to a certain degree, like it's almost like folk don't even know to choose PT, even though it might be their calling in life because they don't see somebody else that looks like them, right? We see folk that look like us in all these other aspects, but when it comes to healthcare, 
this we we got the small slice of the cake and we have to choose from that and we don't get to choose all the other professions so i want to talk a little bit about mentoring minority pts what that's been like for you and also you know let's just dig into like teaching okay what are the things that minority pts need to be looking for in the profession what are students supposed to be looking for when they're trying to find a mentor that looks like them that understands them right because i think that's a whole nother thing like if i had you as my ci if i had you as my um when i'm doing my what's it called observation hours i'm probably gonna have a different experience than i would have with somebody else who might be like a white male pt right because you speak my language and when i say language i mean like relationship wise maybe you know whatever uh so let's talk about that man like when we're mentoring minority pts what are things that you look for in pts and what are you things that you wish um minority pts were doing or looking for in the profession when finding a mentor right yeah great question man so i'll talk about my experience so when i got in school you know that that's how i met you know, Dr. Catherine, and she reached out to my school and offered a mentorship program uh, for Georgia. And I didn't hesitate. I said, yes, for sure. You know, I, I would love to have a mentor. And, you know, I'm going to shout him out. My mentor is Clarence Holmes. He's a physical therapist in Atlanta doing home care. That's like my brother now, you know. So those mentorships, man, they turn into friendships and and. and potentially like brotherhood. He's actually gonna be one of my groomsmen at my wedding, man. That's how much of the relationship has forged. You know, so when we talked initially, like I just instantly felt connected by him. Like I knew that I could make it. I because he's on the other side and I'm only in my first semester of PT school and I'm just like, wow, like that's gonna be me in three years. So just based off my experience with that and and Carl, you probably could attest to this, I don't know if you went through it yet. You're going to have a, a low point in school. Every student will have a low point in school, whether it's like a test, practical, you know, just something. Some people have a low point or, or clinical. So I was able to reach out to my mentor and, and that helped me, you know. So when I graduated and I passed boards, I told Catherine, and I was moving to New York, I told Catherine, I still want to be part of the movement because I know how much it helped me. And she said, wow, like, that's so big of you. I said, yeah, it's bigger than me, honestly. Like, because I know, like, that mentorship that I have with Clarence, like, it, it got me through. It got me through school, right? And it's one thing to get get in school, but it's another thing to graduate. And it's another thing to pass boards. Like, it's still obstacles, right? It, it really doesn't end. Even when you pass boards, you still, you know, go through stuff, you know, professionally. So now that um." kind of practicing in, in a year, man. Um, I uh, just uh, got my first mentee. He's in his first semester in uh, PT school. And, you know, it was great. You know, when we first connected, uh, I'm just kind of like on the other side now, just letting him know, like, I'm here. I believe he has, you know, multiple uh, minority students with him. So that's even a bonus. When I got in school, I was the only black male in my class. I did have two black women, uh, classmates, which I'm real cool with today also, but you still want that sense of familiarity with, you know, another black male. So I told him that you're in good hands, you know, the fact that you have support, you know, when you look around the classroom, just know I'm here if you need any resource or anything like that. And after our first call, man, like he, he hit me up, like about something with kinesiology, just like, you know, just 
me being able to provide a be a resource for him, he felt comfortable as soon as like we, we connected. And kind of what you talked to far as like you have somebody that speaks your language, you're familiar with them. I went through obstacles, like if he made it, I can make it, that type of deal. And to the students that's looking for mentorship, you know, there's resources out there. I know you guys talked to Dr. Remy, you know, she's doing great things. Uh, she started her organization, uh, you know, National Association of Black Physical Therapists. You know, I know they offer mentorship. And um, also, you know, if you are in Georgia, per se, like, you know, reaching out to uh, Dr. Catherine, who also has started her own mentorship program. And I aspire to do something like that, too. It's in the works. Uh, no, but those would be the first steps. I would say definitely, you know, through the National Association of Black Physical Therapists, looking for a mentorship, right? Because it's more like on a national level, right? So definitely those would be the steps. And you could, man, I went through Instagram, man. I, I looked at, at other PTs. I'm searching, man, like this age of social media, like you could really find anything, you know, LinkedIn, you know, so not being a stalker, but it's just like, wow, like this is a black PT. Like, can I wonder if I could reach out to them? And I'm pretty sure like they'll be so receptive to you reaching out to them and they feel inspired the fact that, you know, somebody's trying to enter the profession that looks like them. I love this conversation for so many reasons. I think that it's incredible to be able to speak amongst each other, you know, as three educated black men, you know, as, as three black men that have a goal to be able to help push the culture forward and to help be able to, you know, not move on to bigger and better things and, and, and forget, you know, to reach back and help the ones that are coming up under us. And just listening to some of the things you said, it, it made me think back to one of, you know, in life, like how you just talked about PT school, that there are, there are these, these low points that you have, you know, I think in life that you have those points too. And I also think in life, you have those points where there are things that are said to you that you never forget. And for myself, one of the things that I'll never forget when I was in middle school, elementary school, I remember being in Sunday school and my Sunday school teacher, you know, he was, he was a black man from Antigua and he used to stress to us so much because our entire, our entire Sunday school group was like just black kids, you know, and he used to come in, you know, on a weekly basis and he'd have like a newspaper and try to talk to us about that. And I mean, like as kids, you, you're like, oh, I ain't really trying to hear that, you know. But one of the things that he said to me that it was like, if I don't remember anything else you said to me, I'll always remember this. He came in, he asked a question. And he was like, have you guys ever heard this before? If I'm going to hide something from a black man where am I going to hide it? And we just kind of paused, you know, because it was like that type of, that type of question, like it, it, it gets your attention. And so, you know, we're sitting there thinking and we're like, I don't know, you know what? He said, if you ever want to hide something from a black man, put it in a book. That was one of the most pivotal moments in my life because it made me realize that 
we are looked at as not being intelligent. You know, we're looked at as, as if we cannot have that type of mental capacity to pick up books and want to read and want to, you know, expand our vocabulary, you know, and, and, and just improve our knowledge base. And so I say all that to, to lead me into my next question, because I feel like, I feel like this is very important. And me and Paul, a couple, a couple episodes ago, we had a, <laughs> we, we, shout out to, shout out to Dr. Tim Vidal. We, we spoke with the, with the PT, he's out in DC, you know, and, and it's a, it's a two-part episode that we released with him. But in the second portion of it, you know, he, he was like, you know, what books do you guys read? You know, we just went into a whole spiel about like books and things like that. And so my question to you is, what would you say are the top three books that have influenced you and allowed you to reach the success that you've reached in your life? And what, and at the same time, for those books, would you recommend them to pre-PTs or SPTs coming up and why? Yeah, man, uh, good insight and good question. I would say, man, the books that I'm reading, I love inspiration. I love inspiration, right? I'm, I'm an internally motivated guy, right? It, I mean, you tell me I can't do something. I'm just, that just kind of like, I had that mama mentality kind of like, you know, not even PT, just like in life, you know, uh, if everybody doesn't know Kobe, rest in peace. But the books that I like to read are, you know, books about wisdom. So like right now, like I'm reading books like all finances and, uh, if you guys never heard of him, like Dave Ramsey, The Total Money Makeover, uh, a lot of people, especially, I'm going to say like a lot of black people, we don't, we, we're not educated on, uh, you know, financial literacy. It's not taught in school. We get in a lot of debt and we kind of have to kind of play catch up, you know, like debt is normalized. And, you know, that's been a great book. My fiance and I are reading uh, you know, to try to, to, to get ahead, to get ahead in life, man. And, uh, I recommend that book to, to anybody. All right. And, uh, there's another book that I, I just got started into uh, the four words of wisdom. And I'm just not getting into it. I haven't completed it. Uh, but it's just pretty much talking about like eternal growth, like how to be self, like how to be at peace with yourself. I haven't finished reading it, but that's another book that I'm kind of picking up on. And uh can't think of a third book right now. The, a lot of the stuff that I do get into is uh kind of like videos and, and magazines and stuff like that. But like I said, I always was internally motivated. So I, sometimes like I don't really necessarily have to reach out for something to, to motivate me. And not everybody's built like that, you know, but... Uh, Definitely inspiration catches my eye. Anything inspirational that you guys have, like, I'm, I'm down to, to read it, you know. So, but those are the two I would say right now that, uh, and also, oh, I would say this. Uh, there's one book called Everyday Millionaire, uh, that's not, which is what I'm also reading by Chris Hogan. By Chris Hogan. Uh, that book just kind of talks about how there's a stigma in America that you, to be a millionaire, it has to be an inherited, right? And 
that's not true. So it just talks about myths, how to break that, and kind of tying it back to debt, which we're not taught about in school. So I would say those three books, but um, I'm definitely, you know, picking up on more. I would say any 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 books that that you guys are reading that that kind of inspired you. Yeah, I mean, I'll go first. Currently, I lately, you know, I'm on the financial literacy train. You know, uh, my motto right now, especially with my girlfriend, is uh, we're currently trying to invest for wealth, not invest for retirement. Um, so right now, um, with our business there, with our business here with the podcast, I'm reading 12 Months to a Million um, by Ryan Moran. I have been reading Traffic Secrets by Russell Brunson. I'm also reading The Art of Coaching, How to Coach the Person, Not the Problem. I forgot what the person's name is, but... A lot of the books I'm reading, they're especially geared towards being able to maximize who I am um, as a person, then be able to get a lot of that wealth. Because, you know, on a personal level, I, I have a lot of goals. I ain't going to lie. I, I have a ton of goals. And each and every single one of them is achievable. So everything I do read, uh, you know, Carl, we did go through uh, The Wealthy Gardener. That's what I recommend to everybody and their mom by John Sephort. Uh, Sephort, however you say his name. Uh, one that I do recommend as well is Principles. It is by Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio, thank you. It's a great book. It's low-key a hard read to me anyway, but it, 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 it centers around being able to like, just choose your moral principles and how that you know circumvents how you work in business and relationships and what your priorities are. So that's one I would um, definitely recommend as well. Those two, I know Carl's got a few, so I'm not going to mention because we got some of the same books. But those are, I, off the bat, I would recommend those. Yeah, I'll check those out. Man. I would say for me right now, um, the, the main book that I'm reading, it actually was one of the recommendations that we got from, from Tim, Paul, is The Color of Money. And it's just The Color of Money, Black Banks, and the Racial Wealth Gap. You know, and it's just... It's been it's been very, you know, eye opening. It's been very empowering when you just kind of think of what it looks like in terms of us being able to fund black banks, you know, as opposed to funding like the Chases and the Wells Fargo's of the world and things like that, you know, but just like what it looks like when you're able to build like that group economics you know, and, and be able to, to do a lot of the things. Because, you know, me and Paul have these conversations off air constantly, you know, about being able to, to give back to our communities, you know, and being able to put other people in, in a position to win. And so for me, the book has been really good because it's just been kind of opening my eyes into how do we move towards that, that, that group, you know, economics to where we're a force to be reckoned with like like how black wall street was you know before it was burned down you know back in 1921 um so right now that's the book that 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 i'm that i'm well i'll say listening to because i have it on my audible app um in addition in addition to that uh i've been going through 11 rings which is by phil jackson and that was just because after Man, after that MJ documentary, I was just like, Ugh, you know, like I was hyped. So um, when I saw that, that Phil Jackson had a book, you know, I was really interested to just kind of read that and dive into that because it goes into a lot of 
um, you know, his psychology and being able to work in the group dynamic and being able to lead and facilitate when you have people that are a part of your culture, a part of your organization that have different personalities. And for myself, I felt like that was important because, you know, me and Paul, like, yes, we we're the face of this podcast, of this, this, this business and this brand that we've created, but we have an amazing team behind us, you know, shout out to, shout out to Rochelle, shout out to Ruby, shout out to Anthony, shout out to Jen and shout out to Ricky, shout out to all of them. You know, we have an amazing group of people behind us that, that help push this and, they they do all the heavy lifting for the most part, you know, but the thing is they all they all do have their own personalities. And so because of that, I wanted to read that book to kind of, you know, see what things I could kind of pull from that. Because when you think of Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson kind he he kind of had a, a very difficult task in, in coaching because you had to coach Michael Jordan, who was like the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? And you had to coach Scotty, who Scotty was like the Robin to MJ's Batman, you know. But then you also had to coach Dennis Rodman, who was like, maybe he'll show up for practice today. Maybe he'll go out to Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and we saw that in the documentary. And so just kind of getting into the psychology of how Phil was able to work with those different personalities you know, and still allow them to be able to respect him as a leader and as a coach and still have that mutual level of respect and still be able to navigate those different personalities. I won't talk a, a whole lot longer because, you know, we still got to ask you some questions. But one book that one more book that I'll give, not that I'm reading right now, but one book that I feel like has been powerful in my life, I would say is Napoleon Hill, Outwitting the Devil. And that's a, that's a very important book just because it kind of, it shows you in life that there are two, there are two types of people. You have your drifters and you have your non-drifters and your non-drifters are the ones that are the leaders that are the catalyst for change. And so it's just being able to see which category you fall in and seeing how the devil is able to turn drifters into people who just tumble into a continued state of just depression and poverty and things like that. So those are just a couple of the ones that I, that I would give. And you guys are on it, man. Those are great suggestions. I'm, I'm going to check some of those out. So let me make one more suggestion. Go ahead, I totally forgot about this because I've been, I've been, I actually read this. Well, listen to it on my drive down South. Uh, but this book by Trevor Moad, we've been following for a little bit, but I just had the opportunity to listen to it. It's called, it takes what it takes. That's a good one. That one digs deep into like, and for me, for me, that book and to the listeners too, for me, that book kind of like exemplifies when you put all the excuses aside, right? And you just accept that in order to accomplish your goal, it's going to take what it's going to take. Like, you know, uh, the, the great phrase, it costs what it costs. Like it takes what it takes, meaning like you got to do what you got to do to get what you want. And at some point you had to be able to cast aside like all the stuff that you say holds you back and push to the edge. Um, it's a big one that he uses with like Russell Wilson and a lot of Alabama University, Alabama University of Georgia um, works with them. But like, that's a big one. Cause he's a big, uh, what he calls neutral thinking instead of being like trying to turn negative thoughts into positive thoughts. He does a lot of neutral thinking, just a lot of being honest with yourself where you are, you know, besides talent, besides drive, um, what are you actually willing to put on the line? 
and, and start putting, you know, your foot to the pavement. So that's a pretty good one. Um, it takes what it takes. Super, super solid. That's one of those, like, if you're gearing up for a marathon, if you're gearing up for school, if you're gearing up for whatever, like, that's one you want to read right before you start. Starting a business, that's one you want to read right before you start. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get you going. And it lets you be honest with yourself. So that's a big one. Yeah, those are all cool, man. Yeah, definitely, you know, you guys have said that to me, man. Once we're done. So as we kind of wrap up a little bit and, and, and we chat a little more, I do have a question for you, mm-hmm. right? Because I do think, especially, you know, with the listeners listening to this and a lot of our PT students, shout out to them, by the way, that are listening and trying to gain a little more experience, a little more insight. We got to ask, right? You're on the other side now. You didn't mention like while you were in school, you you had your mentor and you're like, man, that's going to be me one day. And and you're on the other side and a lot of students are probably about to hit. They're about to hit that point, that low point. Carl, I don't know if you mind me sharing, but I remember when Carl hit his low point and, and we were talking, we were chatting and like, I realized like, yo, that's going to be me one day, right? And I'm one of the lucky ones that knows that, you know, at least on the front and on this side, I know I got Carl where he's been through it and I've watched him go through it. I've watched him overcome, but I know a lot of students probably don't have that support system, don't have that person that they can turn to and help them dig through and dig deep. So what I want to ask is going to be relating to like students right now and new grads where for the new grads and, and, and SPTs right now that are going through that low point and they feel like, yo, this really, it's what I wanted to do, but it's getting to be too hard. I don't know if I can make it through, right? Um, what's something you wish you could tell them all? Because I'm sure like if there was an t- opportunity for you to speak to a mass of them at one given moment, right? This would be it. So what would you say to them just to get through that? And then what are some specific words that you wish somebody would know now so that they could understand like, yo, you can make it, you can get over and it's going to be totally worth it. You just got to put in and pay your dues. Yeah, man. Uh, very great question, insight. Uh, so I'll take, I'll walk you guys back and take you to my low point. You know, my low point was, man, it was, it was real low. <laughs> I, it was my uh, second year in PT school, and I did my first clinical rotation. And man, you excited, you know, fresh, fresh into it of what you just learned. And it was a six-week rotation. You know, and uh, this was in Gainesville, this rotation. And, you know, the third week of my rotation, man, I'm, I'm getting in the flow of things. And just one strange morning, man, like, just going through my day-to-day, man, like, I had a white male individual come up to me, uh, a patient in the clinic. Uh, he wasn't my patient, but he just comes up to me and says, you know, you're not kidding anybody. You know, you can't read. While looking at the while looking at the schedule, and here am I thinking, man, wow, like that's my first clinical rotation, doing something good with my life. Uh, so excited, you know. And we're in a profession where it's rewarding, we're helping people. You know, we're giving so much energy to people, and you know, like for him to just look at my skin color and just to say that to me. And this is pre everything going on 2020. This was back in 2017. When the conversations that we're having right now in America weren't so prevalent back in 2017, even though we know that it always existed. So, you know, um, I see I was a white male, you know, pretty much I was the only black intern 
to walk through there, you know, since, since, uh, you know, that, that clinic started up. And I just didn't know, like, I just walked away, but man, I, I felt so, I felt so mostly drained after that. You know, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had anybody to turn to, not in the clinic, not my professors, not saying that I couldn't talk to my professors, just like, I just didn't know who to turn to. And I didn't even tell my CI, because I'm thinking like, okay, this, this white male is so comfortable saying that to me, and he's one of these patients that's laughing it up. I'm, I'm, I just can't trust anybody. I can't trust anybody. And on top of that, I'm having to learn, right? Let's go back to like, you know, the education piece. I'm having to learn while on, on this clinical special testing and, and doing the evaluations and, and uh, trying to, to uh, perform a good job so I could pass this clinical. And then on top of that, I have this. So, man, I just suppressed it though. And I don't encourage that. So to your point, it's like, what would I, what would I tell people and what would I, what would I change? You know, so when that happened, that when we got back to school, like I pretty much was isolated. I really wasn't talking to pretty much anybody. And I was one of the, I was one of the, you know, guys in my class, I was outgoing. And my teacher, like I was real low. I really wasn't even engaging in class. In the back of my head, I was thinking like, man, like, is this like, can I even push through? Can I even push through? And back to mentorship, I hit up my mentor and talked through it. But even talking to him, like, I, I still was like low. I still felt low. So my professor called me into the office and she said like, you know, I, I noticed something is off with you. Like, is everything okay? And mind you, I didn't even say anything. Like, I suppressed this, this, this issue to myself until the next semester. Uh, I told my family, of course, loved ones, you know, but I didn't address it to my uh, faculty. And so I told her in the office, I said, you know, I'm just, I'm just uh, going through a lot right now. I went through a horrible experience and, you know, I shared it with her what I went through and, you know, they had, she had my back, she had my back. And I just wish I would have done that earlier. It could have saved me like from, kind of like going through that mentally by myself, uh, hitting that low point. So whatever you go through in PT school, which I, I hope nobody goes through what I went through, but even like you're going to have a low point, maybe not to that extent. However, whatever you're going through, you got to talk about it as soon as like you feel that way. Because that can, that can really help you out mentally rather than suppressing how you feel and thinking like you're not human and thinking like you don't struggle, whatever you're feeling is real. And you need to put it on the table. And I learned so much from that situation in PT school. Uh, that's why I'm speaking about racism in our, in, our, in our profession, diversity and inclusion, because you know I went through, I went through those things and I suppressed my feelings and I'm not doing that anymore. So that's why I'm so outspoken, you know, even where I work, you know, getting my hands, into different things, you know, that that experience really changed me. And uh, I'm passionate about it now because I don't I don't wanna ever feel that way ever again. And no matter what low point you go through, you just gotta talk about it. That's my advice. Because it, it can really help you suppress it right then and there, which I wish I would have done when I went through my low point. I love that. And like 
Thank you. Appreciate you for, for sharing that and being transparent, you know, because I, I know that that was a tough thing to, you know, have to go through, let alone, you know, share it out in the open like this. So thank you, because I know there are, you know, a lot of a lot of black SPTs and pre-PTs that need to hear that, you know, because racism, it's alive and, and, and it's prevalent. You know, like we try to act like it's not there, but it's it's there. So, you know, just commend you on on sharing that. Really appreciate it. I want to I want to ask you one more question. When you envision your life five years from now, what does that look like in the capacity of a doctor of physical therapy and as an entrepreneur? Yeah, great question, Carl. Uh... Five years from now, man, I, I definitely want to be more independent. I definitely want to be more independent. I want to give back to my community. I want to help specifically more black males in the profession. Just to give you guys some background, the profession is mostly women, 70% women and 30% males. So you trigger that down even more. Since we only have 30% men, what's the percentage of black males right and my experience in, in school was unique you know most of my black male pt friends they either went to hbcus so like their experience is way different from mine way different uh and i do know a couple where you know they didn't go to hbcu however they had another black male with them or a couple black males and i definitely you know see a lot of not a lot, but I, I know there's more black women in the field and I want to be a resource to black women also. But specifically, I want to kind of, you know, do something for, for black males and, 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 um, and let them know that it's possible. So five years from now, man, I, I really want to, you know, create something where, where there's a nonprofit to, uh, to be a resource to, to black males and, you know, uh, affect change in communities, go to high schools where it's predominantly like black students and and let them know that, you know, the guy standing in front of you, I was once in your position and knowing that it's not just entertainment that we could we we have to be exposed to. You know, uh we can also be in the medical field and it's also possible. I actually have experience doing that while I was still in school, me and a couple of my friends, we went to I believe Stevenson High School in Atlanta, Georgia, and it was a, um, a dental student and myself and another friend. Uh, he was a class underneath, and we we talked. We talked in front of the classroom, and you know we connected. We connected with them. Wow, like this is possible. Like we see three black. Actually, it was a, it was a nurse also. We we see four black medical professionals standing in front of us. Like this is very possible. A lot of of the youth, they don't know kind of what they have to do. They just see that, oh, it takes seven years to be in your shoes, man, that's a lot. Like, but they just need the guidance. They just need the guidance. Like, there's a lot of, of the youth trying to be, be in the entertainment and sports. You know, they see that a lot. You know, they see a lot of black athletes being successful, which is cool, but we kind of have to also provide other avenues, like, for them and kind of Tying back to my bio, I kind of always knew I wanted to be a physical therapist. So I, I was kind of internally motivated. Nobody had to come to me and say, you know, this is a path. But I see that a lot, that a lot of youth, black, black youth, they 
hesitant, they're hesitant to do, do be in the medical field because of what it takes to get there. But, you know, if they see more faces that are actually doing it, I believe it could affect change. And my experience with that, talking in that classroom, I loved it. I loved it. And we had people come up to us after the class was over, you know, can I get your contact information? And, you know, this is this is what I got to study or major in college. So you're, you're, you're kind of removing, not necessarily removing roadblocks, but you're kind of like providing a pathway for them, you know, rather than going to college and then changing majors, knowing that it's, it takes another three years to, to complete with a doctor physical therapy degree. But if you know that at 16 or 17 or even 18, it could be smoother for you. And, uh, you know, you can be done, man, at 24, you know, and starting your career. So uh, that's that's kind of where I vision myself five years from now, man. I really want to give back, and I'm passionate about it. And uh, I, I think that's where I, I, where I want to be in five years. Man. So in, in five years, you can come back to this episode and see how much you've grown since then. So remember this moment. Um, right. Doc, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for hopping on the podcast, man. This was this was awesome. And I know there I know there are gonna be some some black SPTs, PTs, and pre-PTs that really, really, really enjoy this one. Before we let you go though, for anyone who, you know, they're listening to this and this is their first time being exposed to you, what contact information or, or like social media information would you like to leave with them? Yeah, for sure. On Instagram, I'm at Dr. Double Ear. D-R-D-E-V-O-L-I-E-R-E. And also the same for Twitter, Dr. Dubler. On LinkedIn, you can catch me on LinkedIn, Leslie Dubler Jr. You should be able to, you know, it's a unique name, so you should be able to pop up. And uh, also I'll share my, my work website with you guys. I don't know if you guys want me to kind of send it and you guys will put it in the link chat. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, yeah, because it's pretty long. It's a long link. So that's another way you guys can reach out to me. Uh, also, email. Email. Uh, you can email me, Junior at gmail.com. So those are those are good ways to contact me. Perfect, perfect. So once again, you know, Leslie, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for, for hopping on and, you know, just dropping some knowledge on our listeners. To our lovely listeners, you know what time it is. It's time for us to end the show. So as always, we appreciate you. We love you. If you got some value from this episode, you know, go go subscribe, share, leave a five-star review, all the above. And until next time, peace and many blessings. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. This episode was brought to you by The Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really do not have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. You can find help at www.preptgrindotc.com. This episode was also brought to you by Physio Memes. 
Physio Memes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word of mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store. Physio Memes. Thank you for listening. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.